mindfulness mode. It really works. It, but it's, it's one of those things that you have to do every day, like once a day. Hey, Mindful Tribe, we are back with another episode and another episode that you are going to love, I believe, and I believe you're not going to forget it anytime soon because I'm here with a very awesome award-winning journalist. He's an author. He's uh, done a lot of very interesting things. He served with the military and uh, he has a couple of books. He has a debut book called The Second Son, Volumes 1 and 2. And he uh, also works, I think, in epic fantasy. I don't know as much about this book as I'd like to, but we're going to find out about it. And I'm looking forward to just talking to my guest. And my guest's name is Christoph Morrow. So, Christoph, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am. Yeah, I prepared myself. Meditating. That's, yeah, that's, that's great. Well, Christoph, so what does mindfulness mean to you anyway? Uh, mindfulness means truth to yourself. It means confronting the truth that uh, like that, yeah, you are fallible or that some part of you is fallible. Uh, and that you must like sort of uh, police and understand like what failures you sort of have and, and try and, like try to be part of a community trying to be part of uh, a healthier for you, uh, you know, uh, in, yeah. That's really interesting because it's, it's a little different than a lot of people say. And, and I think that's cool that you started with that sentence. It's about truth. And when did you start to realize that for you, mindfulness is about truth and that truth is such an important part of this all? I learned that uh, mindfulness uh, because uh, I was very uh, viciously and violently abused uh, growing up, and so I, my behavior uh, determined a lot about uh, what would happen to me that day uh, in terms of pain and suffering, and uh, and also uh, the mood of uh, my father, who was the one doing it. Uh, and so mindfulness is just something that I, I've always had to know. I've had to know. I was compelled to know it. Wow, that's that's really tough to hear. So your father, I'm assuming, had tremendous anger. Is that right? Yeah, he does. He's an, yeah. He was an alcoholic too. So. Yeah, and so almost every day you were you were abused or beat up or whatever. Is that right? Right. I might he would just, like his he would hurt himself like his like hurting me you know what I'm saying like yeah he'd be swinging so hard it would his shoulder and his hands you know like would sting oh my see, god you'd see a grown man recoil and what did this do uh, as far as your relationship with your mother then was your mother on scene I have a great deal of uh, unfortunately uh, I can't have a relationship with either of them yeah um, and for probably the reason that you suspect uh, yeah. yeah she abandoned me to that situation um, yeah and even uh, and, and sometimes like even uh, encouraged it um, and yeah it just wasn't yeah yeah easy. wow this this really is tough to hear because I saw a lot of this in my own home mm. my father had a violent temper and 
and stuff like that. Nothing like what you're describing. I don't mean to say that it was anything like you're describing, no, but just just that it would be like you would be like feel like you're walking on eggshells because you didn't know when the next time would be, mm-hmm. and so you didn't feel safe as a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, this just sounds brutal that you went through this, and then and then. Uh, you have you had Tourette's for your whole life, or did it develop through childhood? Or tell us about that. My the manifestation of my Tourette's actually undermines the DSM's criteria for it, <laughs> uh, because it, it says that it must uh, be present before the age of eighteen. And I had I was not symptomatic of Tourette's until I was nineteen. Oh, um, and uh, yeah, so it's it actually uh, it episodically uh, for between the ages of 19 and 26 became worse um, I had weird episodes where I would uh, have something that resembled a seizure um, it was a it was a loss of agency um, it was tremors I felt I just couldn't I couldn't explain what mm-hmm. was happening and then eventually uh, I told a I told a physician what was happening to me, and he said, uh, well, let's get you something to treat that Tourette's. And that's what I, that's how I learned to have Tourette's. <laughs> okay. All right. And so are you on meds for that? I, I Well, the thing is that there is no medication that treats Tourette's directly because uh, Tourette's uh, is a syndrome, which means it's a pattern, uh, for everyone that doesn't know, it's a pattern of behaviors um, that, you know, are inconsistent with uh, proper function, you know, um, so... Uh, yeah. The vocal and motor tics, along with OCD, ADHD, anxiety, depression, uh, rage, uh, I mean, so uh, irritability, so many things, so many. My brain is literally deformed. Uh, one part of the, the part that has restraint that controls like my ability to like a lot of stuff, uh, mm-hmm. anger, like I, it's, it's, I have a tenuous, uh, tenuous, uh, I have a not a very firm grip. It's, it's something I have to. Re, be very mindful about because uh, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so truth and that's why I say it's about truth and forgiveness because the truth is that my brain is deformed and that I am going to like behave that way I'm going to be symptomatic of that um, and I cannot I, I still am accountable to it even though it's not my fault yeah yeah and so do you experience a lot of anger outbursts yourself uh yeah like i just uh it's generally if i get overstimulated if i feel like uh, i'm being attacked it's one of those things um but generally um i spent i spend a lot more time being anxious than anything mm-hmm. else okay and does of, yeah, does writing help to relax you does it help you to move through this writing is um the best i writing is the only thing that i've ever done in my life that can take all of me and and hold like and and really i don't know it has it i i can commit myself wholly to the task um because it every single word to me um is it tells me ten thousand things about like you know it's it i i can create a bunch of connections between what that word means and and uh and and the different ways that it applies to what my sense is uh, uh and it's it's brevity brevity is a soul of wit right so it's careful it's careful and deliberate 
Interesting. So when did you know that writing was going to be such a gift for you? Were you a kid? I was, um, I was 13. Uh, my, mm-hmm. uh, I was 13 and, um, we had to, we were given the solemn task, uh, in, in class in the morning, in the first period to write a letter to soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I thought I would commit the measure of me to that task. And I, and I wrote, and I remember with, when I was given purpose that I believed in, Mm-hmm. I, I was able to, I have I, I found a music. It was the most extraordinary, profound experience I feel like in my life, um, because uh, I I just remember feeling it was effortless, and uh, and um, I just I enjoyed it. It was just so I just I just felt it. It was, it was bliss. It was strange. Wow. Um, a working bliss. You know what I mean? Like a, yeah. Yeah. A, a constructive bliss and so I when I turned in the letter at the end of the class I didn't think anything of it but at lunchtime I was swarmed by a bunch of kids that said oh the teacher's been reading it to every class she's gonna publish it in the newspaper um, and it was, she she hugged me and she told me oh my god and in fact in the back of my book yeah, you see it uh, I thank her she brung unto me the seed of purpose cool that's amazing. And and you were okay with her sharing it. Did she ask you for permission to share it? Yeah. She did. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a story. And then you've written a number of books. How many books have you written? Uh well, I'm going to say two. Um mm-hmm. because there's the second son volumes 1 and 2. That's not the two. That's just one. Okay. Originally it was only going to be the first volume. Yeah. Um, but then I decided that uh, a lot of day, a lot, uh, most of the time these days, like people feel like they're being like sold something, yeah, and that there's something disingenuous about the transaction taking place. So I thought that I would offer a little bit over the first half of the book in volume one for free. I mm-hmm. thought I would be able to do that, and then I would give, and then I would they could buy volume two if they felt like it was worth that purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Uh, that, but I can't. I couldn't do that, and so I just, I just to make make it consistent with what has already been on the website, I just combined one and two, and um, and I wrote a kids book called uh, Liam Earns a Friend. Okay, I didn't it's, know about that. It's a Christmas. It's just a. It's a. It's a Christmas book. Um, it's just supposed to be about a. It's about a little boy that finds a dinosaur egg and tries yeah. to become for it's a. It's a whole thing. It's really sweet, but yeah. And how long ago did you publish that book? Oh, early, it was a few months ago. But mm-hmm. um, the thing is that with everything that was happening with the SAG after the 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 different the protests for because of the artificial intelligence, um, the, it was a Christmas book that was just intended uh, as a gift for my landlord's uh, grandson. Okay. But it ended up uh, a lot. I showed it to a few people, and they were like, "This is great. You should publish this." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well." But it had art that was generated with an AI, and I just didn't feel like it was appropriate, like to keep it up because of that. So I took oh, it out. Oh, you did. So it's not up there now. It's not available. Yeah. Okay. Would, I would you give ever it, I could give it away? But I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell it. No. And that's because of the art. But would that's you right. ever get an artist to do art for it so oh, that absolutely. it wouldn't be AI? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, children's books are awesome because they really do change kids' lives sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. Well, I uh, I always ask a question about bullying, 
mm-hmm. and you know whether you might have a story about bullying where <laughs> mindfulness would have made a difference do you have any kind of story you can share with us on this topic mm. um well i was uh bully pretty relentlessly uh even in school because uh, because i have a pretty severe case i think of adhd yeah um it really uh did not enable me to make friends my own age yeah right and so um so when i was in school i had a lot of difficulty um cooperating with kids you know my own age and um Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) Yeah, maturing was a is it was a very deliberate. <laughs> yeah, um, because I, I I was otherwise my life was filled with horror and um, yeah terror and um, you know uh, poverty, <laughs> a wow. number of other things. Anyway. Yeah, you didn't mention the poverty part. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you were really poor for uh, about the first half of my life, and then I. Th- Honestly, I would consider uh, compared to like the first half of my life, uh, first half of my childhood, second half was pretty much a breeze in terms of financial. Um, not great, but still pretty good compared. Yeah. Um, sorry, uh, so, I lost track of what I was saying. Yeah, so you you won two awards from the Texas Press Association. So tell me about that. How did that feel when you first found out that you were winning a, an award for your book? No, not for my book. It's for uh, it was actually for, for an, uh, an article. I wrote, for an article, and then, okay. And for and for a photograph, I took. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, tell us about that. So, um, it's actually quite funny. Okay, uh, there's this, there's a South Texas Press Association mm-hmm. that um, they gave me an award for feature writing because uh, I wrote this. My editor, she says, I need you to go interview this guy. He's got a pretty interesting story. Um, he his name is Ray Yannick and he has a uh, he has a neurological disorder that uh, and he 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 rehabilitated himself using leatherworking. Anyway, um, I wrote this article uh, and I had never written a feature before though, mm-hmm. so I had to Google how to write a feature. Okay. And then because I, I didn't want to tell my editor that I didn't know how. And yeah. then I look and then I realized I, I I was just going to I should look up an example of a writer that I respect. So I I found a Vanity Fair article. Uh, from yeah. someone that I, uh, yeah, and then I, I studied the structure for a few minutes, and then I wrote the article, and then I won yeah. an award for that one. And then, cool. <laughs> and then the photograph, uh, photographer, I won an award for a photograph uh, from the Texas Press Association because uh, it was Hurricane Harvey, and uh, I was like the only reporter that was able to get into the city at the time. Uh, and they were doing a recovery of a woman, and I took a photograph of her being uh, lifted into a National Guard canopy truck thing so yeah yeah i see so so you were working as a journalist is that right Mm -hmm. do you still work as a journalist no how long did you work as a journalist i like six months i think not very long (laughs) well something yeah yeah I mean, I won yeah. Award, yeah. I did my, yeah, and you won an award. You won, yeah, and you won these two awards. That's <laughs> that's pretty impressive, really. That's pretty fantastic, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, I didn't even so, know about it. Yeah, my, yeah. My, yeah. So, so uh, one of the things we were going to discuss is forgiveness, and I'm really interested in your thoughts on forgiveness because this is a big deal. You know, forgiveness of others, forgiveness of self. What are your thoughts on forgiveness? Well, another what, what would you describe forgiveness? A lot of people just like if you tried to describe forgiveness, uh, how would you do it? Uh, you know. Uh, so, yeah. yeah um, I have a 
I have a way to now I'm now I'm forgetting it because I had a quote for a moment ago. I just made it up too. I'm so sorry. Um, oh, but okay. but forgiveness is um, like I said earlier. Uh, it's about truth, really, and it's about um, realizing that freedom. It's actually now I got it. It's freedom from the compulsion of purity. That's okay. what forgiveness is. You are freeing yourself from you know believing without evidence of purity. Pulsion of purity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell us more about that. Well, Freedom not... from the compulsion of purity. Yep. Uh-huh. I have um, in my um, in my uh, book, I in my in the third volume that I'm working on right now, um, this is relevant because uh, there's a character that's an alcoholic and she ends up uh, kind of destroying her own life. Um, and I'm trying to uh, describe what that feels like psychologically. Uh, like so, like it says, she did not know her mind would be forever hostile to her soul. You know, so, and that she would be obsessing about it and ruminate, and until she until she earned freedom from that compulsion of purity, she was going to be haunted and troubled by things that she had done. But mm-hmm. forgiveness is about understanding that you move on from an event in good faith and that you've learned and that you've given it thoughtful consideration your own sins truly your own sins and that's the truth i'm talking about there they might be hard but when did you develop these advanced thoughts about freedom was it in your 20s or was it before sorry not about freedom but about uh, forgiveness rather um recently yeah, recently, uh, this, yeah. Yeah, when I wrote that, I think. Uh, well, I sort of would describe it. Maybe it's always been there, um, but I had not given it name. So I yeah. had not named it. No. Yeah. Well, forgiveness is huge because a lot of us don't forgive ourselves mm-hmm. for things or forgive others for mm-hmm. things. And, and we don't realize that we're hanging on, hanging on, hanging on so tightly and mm-hmm. and really messing ourselves up. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome that you have that insight into forgiveness and and another topic that is mentioned here is discipline Mm -hmm. so how does discipline play a role in your life discipline is about respecting your body's needs and your psyche's needs and the fact of the matter is that every human regardless of uh, our intergenerational conflicts we do millennials do like to work and so does gen z and all those people we we do like to work uh we want to do meaningful work work that's meaningful to us right Mm -hmm. and that's that's completely fair because i feel like i mean the the reverse is that of course i think that a lot of the earlier generation boomers and before don't understand that notion because they were compensated fairly for work that was more tedious, I think. And so like they felt they felt less like, you know, bitter towards the notion, right? But millennials are doing terrible work for terrible pay. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, and Gen Z, of course. Uh, yeah. Um, and so discipline uh, is meant uh, to describe that commitment to always feel like you're generating to because you need output. You have to have output. You can't just sit and watch TV and read books and do all this stuff all day. You have to you have to have output. 
you have to communicate your thoughts to the world. The language is is obvious, and it's that its genesis comes from our need to relate to another person. We need them to understand us, and we want to understand them. And I think that's our greatest virtue, actually, as humans. Hmm. Tell me when you decided to go into the Navy and what that was like. I decided I was going to go into the military when I was rather really young, actually, yeah. um, before I, I like really really young before I was ten. Um, okay. And and it's and it's essentially because um, I considered it. Uh, I wanted to be a medic, and I know it sounds. I mean, I I know that might sound foolish, but when you're a little kid, I saw Saving Private Ryan. Oh yeah. And when there, and there's a D-Day invasion. Um, when I saw the corpsman running over to like perform, you know, like to do his task, mm-hmm. um, I just, I just thought that that was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. Like uh, as a, like in terms of in a world of violence, that's in that that's the most in violence that was the beautiful. That's the only beautiful thing I've ever seen come from violence. Um, is that uh, is the is the proof that we love each other. Um, so and that's that's really that's that's all we get is one step forward and eighty steps back with that sort of situation. So, um, I think I considered it important to me to to commit myself to something greater than uh, what I wanted. And um, yeah. so, when did you go into the Navy? How old were you? I was eighteen. Oh, you're eighteen. And then, how long were you in it? I was in for about a year and a half because I I. Um, I was working in a hospital. Um, I had went to boot camp, uh-huh. uh, graduated boot camp, graduated school as a corpsman. I uh, went yeah. to my first duty station in Naval Air Station, Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Um, and an, a confluence of, of, of factors uh, contributed to, uh, I, I feel like, uh, the sort of tipping point, um, because uh, like not a lack of sleep, uh, uh, anxiety, and uh, it's just my brain already having a predisposition for that. I ended mm-hmm. up uh, having uh, the what looked like a seizure then at like mm-hmm. 19. Okay. And, you know, and so I, uh, they had to, I was medically discharged um, uh, honorably, of course, um, yeah. because I'm not deployable. You can't, you know. Yeah. yeah. I see. Well, that's interesting. So your book, The Second Son, Volumes 1 and 2, that's uh, being read by a lot of people these days, right? When when did it? When was it released? Uh, it was originally released February eighteenth of this year. Okay, okay, in February, right? And what's next? Are you working on something else now? I am. I'm working on volume three. Um, oh. uh, of the same series, and it's a yeah. it's a continuation of all of the stories that are from volume two, and one. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, that's great. Well, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. Just 30-second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a really powerful mindfulness influence for you? Um, John Steinbeck. Oh, okay. All right. And Shakespeare. Sorry. And Shakespeare, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number two, my uh, question is about emotions and how mindfulness has helped you to deal with your emotions. Mindfulness um, is an important intermediary between that for that act that action and that forgiveness. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how that looks. It's really... Yeah. My third question is about breathing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts or comments on breathing as it a, uh, you know, as it's related to mindfulness? Oh, absolutely. Okay, meditation. Um, you know, I grew up in the South, so we kind of make. I used to hear people make fun of people that meditate all the time. Yeah. So I did. I already came into it with a prejudice, and I always. But I did try it, and it really works. It, but it's it's one of those things that you have to do every day. Yeah. Like once a day, you can't just do it once. And um, that it's and I, I it's yeah. It's yeah. Powerful. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what about books? Are there any books that you would recommend that are related to mindfulness? Uh, just if you want to punish yourself, you can read *Crime and Punishment*. Okay. <laughs> which is a which is a which is a, a very profound study, I think, of uh, 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 unraveling human psyche. But also, um, the character is quite frank with themselves um, in that sense. Uh, so it's very good. I, there's so many books. So I would oh, East yeah, of Eden. Oh, is yeah. the, East of Eden is the very best book uh, that I can name. Uh, okay. It's, it's, yeah, I love that book. Oh, and By I John haven't Steinbeck. read East of Eden. No, By I haven't Steinbeck, read that. yeah. That's, it's amazing. It's, a, yeah. it's an allegory of, uh, or for Cain and Abel. Yeah. Them. Okay, I, I should check it out. Yeah, that's that's good. And uh, you know, my last question is about any apps, and maybe you've already touched on this, but are there any apps at all that you find can help with mindfulness? Well, there is a mindfulness app. Um, there's one uh, that's actually just called that, um, yeah. which I've used before. Um, there's a, there's an app. Uh, let me see if I can find the name of it. I have a I have it right. It's called Insight Timer. Yes, I love that one. I, I do too. One. I, I do too. One. I think it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the boom. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really like it. I don't yeah. know. The, yeah, I think those are the only two that I would name because I, I generally uh, I find other ways to. Yeah. Well, Christoph, before we wrap up, I want to know if you have any words of advice, especially words of advice to anybody else that's experiencing. You know some of the stuff that maybe you experience with your Tourette's and stuff. Do you have any words of advice for anybody out there listening who feels a little frustrated right now? Well, I think if they're trying to be a good and better, to be to share in more love with others, then I love you and I forgive you, whatever you did. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I love you, and I forgive you. Yeah, that's that's very powerful. Thank you for that. And uh, thank you for being on Mindfulness Mode. I really appreciate it. Bruce, it was wonderful. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Thanks, Christoph. You have a good rest of your day. Thank you, sir. Yeah, bye now. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening today to the Mindfulness Mode podcast. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you go over to Apple and would you leave a comment? Would you subscribe, leave a comment and uh, just leave a review for the podcast? That would help me so much. All of those reviews really help to boost how many people hear the podcast and how many people benefit from the podcast. So if you would do that, I would be so grateful. And with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.